Hey folks, welcome to All in a Day's Work, a podcast about work. I'm your host, Dean Craig. You're about to hear a conversation I got to have with someone who loves their job. During this podcast, you will hear what they do for work, how they earn their role, and most importantly, why they love their job. There's some really interesting stuff in here. So sit back and relax while I get to work. Hey, welcome back in. I'm glad you uh, came back for part two of our conversation with Lisa Parks from Lama Health Council. If you haven't heard part one, I want you to turn this one off and go back and listen to it. Also, I mentioned at the end of uh, part one that she drops quite the bomb and you're about to hear it, but you have to understand part one first. So go back to list part one and then jump on part two and uh, learn about what in Lisa's life drives her to do everything that she does. Well, you know, um, you know, my, my senior year of high school, I was homeless. I, so I was homeless my, my senior year of high school. And, you know, having experienced that, you're right, not everyone's there because of choice, circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for me in that journey, what I have never forgotten is, man, a kind word goes a long way. Yeah. Right? So in my journey during high school, trying to finish high school, my teachers didn't know other students didn't know what my journey was at that time, but yeah. I knew, of right? Course. I, I knew. And so the people that were there in my corner during that journey, let me tell you, their kindness yeah. was sufficient for me to keep going to that next step, to that oh. next. So whenever we can be kind to people, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning, when we can be kind, we look at ways of how we can help one another, you know, that is what's going to help us to then deepen our understanding of the next step. Yeah. Right. So the first sure. time, you know, we, we, we see somebody who's houseless or, or having a, a challenging time. I know what we do here whenever we have a meeting and we have leftover sandwiches or something. Yeah. I, everybody knows Lisa's packing it up to take down, uh, to arches over there and, yeah. You know, and why? Because I remember, and this is just my experience, man, a cookie was like gold. Oh, yeah. Grab anything. I bet. Wow. Right? Oh. So I think it's just our own mentality and how we're thinking that whatever we give may not be enough, but we never know. That one person that we start that journey with, that friendly, like you said, eye contact, hello, Maybe it's not well received at the time, but that doesn't mean that the person may not remember somebody was kind to me today. Absolutely. And I, and I will say, yeah. not, when I said it's not always received, oftentimes, however, it is well yes. received. And, and I get a yeah. almost surprised to look back. Yes. And a smile more often yeah. than not. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So my, So that's why I said, you know, for me, in my experience, in my journey, it's a mixture of so many things that got me to where I am and then never forgetting where I came from. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. where I came from. Right? Yeah. 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 I remember not that long ago, I had a discussion with a friend who was kind of complaining about seeing something. What, what, if you were a millionaire, what would you not eat again? Right? Because <laughs> you used to eat yeah. that. 
I'm like, I don't understand that question. Yeah. Because I money, I will eat the same chili and beans I had when I had two, didn't have two nickels rubbed together. Yes. Because I, you know, I like it for one, and it's right. frugal, right? I'm not going right. to blow my money on fancy stuff, right? I, I, I got off on a track there, but it, it just, <laughs> it's all, it just cracks me up how people think that. Oftentimes, people think I should say not everybody that you've got to give somebody with their hand out money in their hand, give them a smile. That's give right. Them a, how are you today? That's and right. I think that will go a, a pretty darn far. That's right. You know, and and I look at the work that we're able to do here, these lunch and learns, these events, all the staff. We have a right next door. It's called WHC Partners that Andrea manages. And it's free space for our partners to come. Our a senior executive assistant, mm. everyone pulls in some way to help. And when we have what I say are concerned citizens, when they come to our door, yeah. And I say, oh, we have a concerned citizen. And we have a concerned citizen. And he comes knocking at our door and just to remind us, you know, that maybe there's something happening behind our building. And thank you, concerned citizen. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that way, it really helps all of us to remember every last single one of us have, right. like you said, different challenges. And when we look for opportunities to be kind, man. We receive back in ways that maybe we never even thought it would affect us. 100%. You've mentioned that a couple of times throughout yeah. our conversation. I so agree with you, Lisa. Helping somebody is one of the most rewarding things I have ever done. And it can be as simple as at the grocery store just the other day, lady in front of me was short. She didn't have enough money to buy. It. And it was not, not a lot of money. She's like $3, $4 short. Yeah. I looked at the cashier and I said, I got it. No big deal, right? Yeah. But the, but the look of gratitude, and I wasn't looking for that. I just wanted to help somebody out. Yes. But her look of gratitude, a, a little bit of shame at first. I just smiled and said, it's all good. You yes. Just do that for somebody else someday. Yes. It was, I was so, I felt so good about yes. helping her out in that simple, yes. silly little way. Yes. I don't know if I have time to tell a brief story. Yes, you do. So, you know, just thinking about why do I love this job? So I was at the Dollar Tree not too long ago, and there was some commotion happening in the store. And then a gal came up, right, hat, mask on, just really mm. happy. Goes up to the lady in front, purple as the color of kings. The lady kind of got her cart and moved up. I yeah. had a purple jacket on, so I kind of knew. Okay, I'm next. <laughs> she did. She came. She looks. Says, you know, purple is the color of the king. And I said, wonderful. Thank you. She said, I just finished a certificate program, and I'm very happy. I'm here with my mom. Wonderful. But you yeah. know, I I was just happy to be able to be in that space. But I could tell other people were. It made people nervous. Uncomfortable. And yeah. To make a, a story short. Bottom line is this this person, when we stepped outside, the mom said to me, she said, can I give you a hug? And I, yeah. I was, you know, I had the look and she says, you know, you could have walked away like everyone else did from my daughter. She says, we're having such a hard time with OHP redetermination. And I said, guess uh -oh. what? I have a card. I can help you with that. She says, yeah. are you serious? I can help you with that. Bottom line, mom came in and saw me in the office. 
gave me a, a big hug for that. Now, here's here's the key to that whole series that happened. When yeah. she came and knocked on the door, she said, can I speak to Lisa? And I said, oh, I'm Lisa. And she said to me, she said, oh, she goes, you were just so kind. I didn't even notice the color of your skin. Oh, because of your kindness. Kindness doesn't have color. And that's exactly you're seeing it. And I and I and I said to myself, I go, that's why I love what I do, because we can do so many things to help people even when we're not on the clock, eight to five. It just doesn't show off at five o'clock. Kindness is not a job. It is not. It is not. It's it's our duty. That's right. I think. I feel like it is. I, you know, living in rural Minnesota, where people literally did not make it because of the cold kindness, yeah. I learned that. The, the yeah. old ones back there, man, they really taught me. Right? This is our duty. Oh, there's so, so much wisdom from the old ones. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They taught me a lot. They yeah. taught me a lot. Me Wonderful. too. Yeah. Wow. Lisa, what else do you want people to know about you and about your work and just the way you think? Yeah, well, you know, uh, a, a few folks know that I really enjoy languages. So I am finishing up my bachelor's degree in linguistics. Really? And, uh, focus on colonial American, America, and a minor in Spanish. And so I love languages. And uh, Fascinating. the languages have really taught me to think outside of what's in front of me, yeah. to really think outside. So I, I think I want people to know that about me. Some people are like, man, she's so serious. And I know that I can be really in my, my mind, but my mind works in a way that is always looking for opportunities to grow and learn. Yeah. Like, I'm going to learn something from you. Yeah. I learned something from you, believe me. And then when it comes to this job that I do, again, I'm just going to emphasize it. I know by I've said it, no one's paying me. This is not an advertisement. <laughs> I love work at UHC. I mean, our, our uh, Pacific Source partners have been amazing to work with as well. My coworkers, it's amazing to come in here and know that I can laugh yeah. and laugh at any time. And no one's going to look at me or each other and say, not here. Yeah. And that is something that really helps me to come through these doors when we're dealing with those tough situations. Right. And if I have one more chance, what yeah. I want what I want people uh, to, to know about me or just about, you know, how my mind works, our community is changing and growing. Yeah, And so if we can be flexible and adaptable and growing and changing with it, I have confidence that those that are leading the way in that leadership role, they're uh-huh. going to help us get there. And everyone, I hope so. everyone's invited to the party. They either need to help us get there or get out of our way. <laughs> One, I'm, I'm coming through. I'm, right. I'm, that's the way I'm coming through or get out of the way. Yeah. We are going to impact behavioral health in the mid Willamette Valley and beyond and in a positive way. We're going to, we're going to help people understand there's great careers there. Yeah. Help people navigate the system of how to get into those careers. Yeah. It's just not simple. 
frankly. No. Yeah. There's, you know, there's some side streets you got to figure out how to navigate. <laughs> you know, sometimes people say, you know, well, how do we get people to move here to this area? And I say they're already here. Absolutely. They're already here. How 100%. They are already here. We just so have then, to find out who they are. That's it. That's or, it. Or and and or help them find us. That's right. Help them navigate the system. Yep. And once we do that, hey, this journey is going to continue to go down that speedway. That's yeah. that's what I'm and remember we're doing that on decaf coffee. <laughs> well, you are. I still need my <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> I don't know if it's a need. It's a strong desire, though. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, you have been a, a pure pleasure to visit with. This was wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't too painful. No, it wasn't. This was Good. great. This Good. was great. Is there anything that we missed that you want to make sure it gets talked about? Well, you know, I think when we talk about the workforce, I think it's just remembering that as we're growing in our workforce, it's going to look different and that's okay yeah well, it's and great that's, and that's okay because that's where we're moving these generations that are coming up yeah. they are looking for them in right. these roles and positions and, and they're also opening up they're also looking for that door that says we want you yeah we want you we need you absolutely so I love that. that's yeah absolutely i'm all for it helping Me too. these next generations to know we're here for them. Well, you are leading the charge. I appreciate you. your hard work and your efforts and your energy and your joy in what you do. It's awesome. All Definitely. Right. Thank awesome. You, Thanks, Lisa. Wow. That, uh, that conversation with Lisa Parks was really informative and I thought very, very interesting. And throughout that conversation, you, you heard reference to behavioral health and the challenges that we're having there. I've invited here to, to join me with Janine Stice, who is working with my organization, Latin Workforce Partnership, on building this behavioral health consortium in our four county region here in Oregon. Janine, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to, to have you here and, and have you help explain far better than I ever could what the consortium is and what we're trying to do with it. Well, thank you so much, Dean, for inviting me onto the podcast. Really, I, I love sharing what we've done with the behavioral health consortium and the impact it could have on the region as far as recruitment and retention of critical staff in the behavioral health arena. It's a big deal. And you have done phenomenal work in what, just a year? Yeah. So I started with WWP September of 2022. And so wow. uh, I guess a year and a few months in, but uh, moving really fast and uh, yeah. the I, I, partnerships we have in the area. Speak of that, how many partners I've come to the table now, or you brought to the table now to work on this challenge? Well, I, I would have to be, give credit back to the partners themselves because it's really been their connections and their relationships to pull more and more people in. So when we started in September, I circled around with the three CCOs in our area to find out who they are. CCO. The coordinated care. That's the awesome, valley. Yeah. You. And contacted who they work with for delivering services on the employer's side in behavioral health. And so by November, okay. we had about uh, 30 individuals and maybe a handful of organizations. Uh, but by uh -huh. this time, a year later, we have uh, over 60 organizations and over 100 um, persons that are 
wow. receiving outreach and updates from the consortium. That is awesome. And, and, and well, I mean, gosh, Janine, that's, that's really fantastic. Frankly, it takes, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche, but it takes a village and you'll have built that village that is going to work together to fix this challenge. And it, it's a huge challenge. I don't know the numbers. Maybe you do. I'm not sure, but we're short a whole bunch of people working in the behavioral health sector of, of healthcare. Yeah, every, every, uh, time I get an update from the Lund report, which is a uh, um, publication that kind of serves the healthcare sector in Oregon. There's just um, uh-huh. position after position after position of postings in the behavioral health, both in the um, credential area, which is the peer support and the traditional healthcare worker positions, QMHA positions, qualified mental health associate positions, as well as in the licensed uh-huh. uh, positions. So there's shortages in every wow. position as one um, employer emailed me this week. Wow. That's startling and concerning, right? Yeah. I mean- it's very clear to, to virtually everybody who's paying attention at all, that we have a behavioral health crisis going on, not just in Oregon, but across the globe, really. And the only way to, to, in my view, anyway, the only way to fix that is to get more people who want to work in that field and, and help people get better. Yeah. That's what we're working towards. And it's super exciting. So what are the plans, if you can speak to that? What, what are the plans that the consortium have co- has come up with to move this forward, this objective forward? So I would have to say, I think the most exciting thing I've seen is the connection between the education uh, institutions in our region and the employers in our region and the conversations that they're having in the work groups in um, retention and recruitment work group that they participate in, as well as the education career pathway work groups uh, on trying to figure out ways to uh, shorten those pathways to make the transitions faster, to help students find their internships in a more timely way earlier in their mm-hmm. um, And then also the career-connected learning opportunities that, that folks are working on that um, are in that arena at the community colleges. And I think that's collectively awesome. that's, that's where it needs to go. For a long time, those two sectors, the healthcare and the empl- and the education sectors, have been separated, and uh-huh. the power of the consortium model that is really bringing those two sectors together. Fantastic! Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, if if the the recipients of the educated individuals are not communicating back and forth with the educators, how do you know what's happening and if the quality is there? Right? It's it's fascinating to to kind of be on the, on the edge of it and watch this all unfold. Well, and, and even um, um, recently, so I had a conversation with Lynn Benton Lincoln, uh, education service district representative that does the social emotional support in that, that area. So that's Lynn County's part of our region. And, you know, uh-huh. they have feedback on the, you know, the frontline needs of the community. So that the people, the students, the children themselves and what the emotional needs are. And by the power of the consortium, they can give that information up to the schools and the employers so that the curriculum and the, and the types of positions meet the needs of the, the population itself by having the service wow. delivery in the room with the educators and the larger employers. That's fantastic. I, lo- I, I want to see that spread <laughs> to other counties, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's vitally important. And, and, and it's not unusual, sadly, that that 
different, we get siloed, right? We get into our work and we forget that we need to be communicating with other entities that affect our work and whose work we affect as well. So this, this consortium model works very, very well at, at, at breaking down those silos mm -hmm. and those walls and, and helping facilitate that communication. And my hat's off to you for, for, for juggling the balls to make that happen. <laughs> it's not without some, I'm sure some, uh, some gray hairs and some teary eyes from relocation. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love every time I see the group get together, um, in our, in our general meetings and the, the level and the quality of the presentations and the, the amount of excellence that's happening in our region in this sector is very inspiring. Yeah. It's exciting. Totally. You want to, um, work harder to help them, um, yeah. find people to get the space. Well, so. Even just, it's been fascinating for me to watch um, members of the consortium, be they educators or or practitioners, come together and start conversations that had never happened before, right? So even even practitioner to practitioner that may be four blocks away from each other that didn't talk are now talking. It, oftentimes they share people, right? They share patience, they share concerns for sure, and 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 they share. I think that the, the couple of things that are in common with all people in the, in the industry is their concern for, for human life, human beings, and their frustrations with maybe it's bureaucracy, maybe it's a number of things, but I think the communication will help eliminate some of those concerns. Yeah. And right, we have to be talking. They talk to each other and I think they help build a community of practice among, you know, each other. In a, a book I recently read on uh, burnout, so burnout is high in the healthcare sector, but it's it's really high in this area because a lot of times when people get well, they don't come back. So yeah. when they're doing well, the provider yeah. doesn't get the uh, the excitement of you know the, seeing the patient again when they're doing really well. They typically do sure. when they're um, maybe not doing as well. So that's really different. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Surgeon who sees somebody and then they. They do the surgery and then they see them really excited after the surgery and they may see them running in the community. The behavioral health, you know, uh, healing is not as visual as like a hip replacement or something like that. That's a great comparison. You're absolutely right. I had never thought about that really, but the fact that they don't, when people are well, they just go about their lives and they don't get that. And that could create some burnout because you're constantly with people who are in a bad mm -hmm. place. Yeah. That's a heavy load. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What else would you like the listeners to know about the consortium, about the work that you're doing? Well, if there are listeners in this space uh, in behavioral health, which includes substance use recovery, peer support work, um, licensed counselors, uh, licensed social workers, anyone in that space, we, I would love to get an email from them or a call if they'd like to call to check in about the consortium because we're constantly looking for more uh, participants and members that would like to join the organization that would be great awesome awesome i will put a link to your email in the show notes so people know how to find you or they can always look to me and i can connect you too that'd be great thanks so much dean you got a great team at wwp and appreciate it yeah they're not too bad they're great <laughs> <laughs> love it awesome You've been listening to All in a Day's Work, a podcast about work. This episode was brought to you by Willamette Workforce Partnership. The Workforce Investment Board 
or Lynn, Marion, Polk, and Yamhill counties in the Mid Willamette Valley of Oregon. 